Welcome to the podcast version of 32 Bar Cut, the show. A series for performers, about performers, made by performers. Every week, we give audition advice, share personal experiences, and sit down with fellow colleagues in the performing arts to chat about their life in the industry. If you are hearing this message, you are not currently a subscriber and will only be hearing the first half of the podcast. If you would like to hear the full interview, including the Curtain Call series, you'll want to head over to 32barcup.com, where you can find a link to our Patreon page. There you will have exclusive access to the entire video and private RSS podcast feed, as well as other subscriber-only content. Thanks for listening. Without further ado, on to the show. She shuffled along with the best of them, kept it fetch in Mean Girls, and played her part in the circle of life. But today she is sitting down with us talking about her life as a performer. Welcome to the show, Zurin Villanueva. Thank you. That's the best <laughs> intro ever. <laughs> we try to do our best in our humble Brooklyn abode. We want to make you feel yeah. special if we can. <laughs> Brooklyn, I'm born and raised. That's. I remember that. I remember that when I met your mom when we went to the Lion King premiere and you were telling me you were from Brooklyn. So um, what part yeah. of Brooklyn are you from? Um, Clinton Hill. Clinton Hill. Clinton Hill, Green area. And um, then my mother moved to Bed-Stuy, but Clinton Hill, Fort Green. Spike Lee's Brooklyn, I say. Hey. Yes, Spike <laughs> Lee's Brooklyn. Absolutely. Did you get a chance to see uh, She Hate Me? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course, Did you course. like eat it up? You were like, yes, I know that place, that place, that place. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> like over and over again. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's, he's um, has a love story with Brooklyn. And I feel like all of his, well, not all of his movies, but a lot of his movies are a, a love story for Brooklyn. So it's very cool. When you're from Brooklyn, you love it. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing? I know it's been an interesting, uh, what are we on? 11 months now of, of oh my God. <laughs> being off of the Broadway stage, but how are you doing? Um, I'm doing good. I um, I'm doing better than I would have expected. If like someone told me a year ago, like this is gonna happen, I would have been like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel I feel a lot better than I thought. So the first like eight months, I was I was exhausted. I was completely burned out. Like like actually burned out and then around eight months like it started like oh okay okay this is happening then it was like okay I need to sing I need to um dance I, I need to I need to do something for people. <laughs> people to watch me and that'll just give me my fix and I'll be fine <laughs> I feel you on that because we I'm get. I'm starting to feel the burn. I'm starting to feel her. <laughs> You're starting to feel her. Feel the burn. Feel oh, the feel burn. the burn. Yeah, that itch to like get back and and <laughs> and perform and and show people mm -hmm. what you're about, what you can offer. There's there's such a reward in that. I feel like when you go yeah. on stage and you do your thing, you present it, and then mm -hmm. you get a, an applause. But when we do like the. Uh, virtual performances it feels like you are singing to your computer and then that's it like I don't ever feel the 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 um yeah. 
it's the response, like feeling their energy taking you in. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about that. It's all about that. I actually did a virtual solo show last August, which was my first solo show I've ever done. And I did it virtually and it was through Metropolitan Zoom, which means like you could see all of the people who were in the room. So it was just like squares up there, like kind of like what they do with sports and you can just see the digital squares. And I still like, I I couldn't feel them obviously, but seeing them nod and clap and smile definitely did help. It was something, it was something. Yeah, absolutely. I oh I I need to learn, look more into that metropolitan Zoom. So was that yeah. it was that Zoom, but they just like changed the format of it, or? Well, it's through the metropolitan room, which oh, is room. a real space in 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 the city, and that owner, um, uh, Bernie Frischman, he put together a Zoom thing, like so that actors and performers could do a live concert for their friends and fans and such. I love that. I'm so glad you got a chance to do that. And so uh, I know we're going to talk about this later, but just because we're talking about virtual performances, you're doing uh, Broadway Sings, the Broadway Sings concert. So you can book Zurin on the Broadway Sings if you want a birthday party or anniversary or just you want to hear her voice. Party, party. Party. <laughs> she is I mean, available. Party, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we we know each other through The Lion King, which is such an amazing show. And I uh, never really got a chance to know you like I wanted to. And I know that that's kind of the nature of being a replacement at a big show like The Lion King is that everyone already mm-hmm. has their friends and it's very difficult to make new connections. So I'm really glad yeah. that we're getting this chance to sit down and talk because I feel like I'm really going to get to know you now. And that makes me very happy. So. Yes, I always wanted to get to know you. I was like, she's so pretty. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, no, you're such a light and a joy and a lightness in that building. And I was like, I bet you she's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Zerin. I'm, like, I'm, I'm such a little girl in new, in new environments. I just feel like, okay, hey, you know, and. <laughs> You were always, you always responded. And I always, I always registered that. Well, I'm glad I was able to be, be some semblance of light for you in that, in that space. Cause I know it's difficult. It is very difficult to join the Lion King. I have been there before and I, I know what it is like. So I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm glad you didn't catch me on a bad day. I'll say. <laughs> so you are a Howard alum. Yes. You went to the theater program at Howard. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I have quite a few friends that graduated from that program in in different years, but every time I meet a Howard alum that graduated from the theater department, there's so much pride and joy and uh, just a feeling of, uh, yeah, pride in what you learned and being a part of that legacy. So can you tell us a little bit about what it was like to matriculate through that program? Yes, of course. Um, (laughs) First thing, I know you noticed that anytime you even mentioned Howard University around the HU alum, the first thing you hear is HU, you know, (laughs) thing, (laughs) and it's hilarious. Um, So, what was it like? It was, it was, um, 
it was like coming home. It felt like home. It felt, um, I actually didn't want to go. My mother made me go. Mm. Was your mom a, a Howard alum as well? No, she was just a huge advocate of um, historically black colleges and universities. And Howard University was the only HBCU that had an accredited arts program um, in terms of a BFA as mm-hmm. opposed to a And so that was the only choice out of all of them. Um, and I <laughs> I wanted to go to conservatory. I was a very serious actress. I went to Guadalajara High School. I was trained in Stanislavski. And I was like, I have to go to conservatory. And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, ma'am. He said, well, um, if you want to go there, you have to pay for your, yourself. Um, because she was like, I'm not paying six figures for you to be, you know, policed in what roles you could play and wow. held back in any because of race, you know. And she was like, I don't want that to happen for you. I want you to train in the place where you're free. And it took a few years for me to realize uh, what that was. And, um, and then, (laughs) then when I did, it was like, see, the difference was that it bolstered your self-esteem. It was really about self-esteem. And we know as actors, like that, that is the goal over the skill, because there are people of all kinds of skills that have huge, huge careers. It's not necessarily about the skill after a certain point. It's really about what you believe in yourself and your place in the world. If you believe in yourself and what you can offer the arts, no one can stop. Amen. So that's, that's what I got from there. Like they, they matriculated and held us like baby birds and told us we were the flyest thing and we left and we believed it. And it was wonderful. I um I went to Spelman College and I didn't do uh, a theater program, but when you talk about an HBCU and the pride that you leave with, I think it is so important. Um, my friend recently, we do a, a weekly uh, house party call because we got sick of Zoom, so we do a house party call. But um, yeah. we meet every Friday and we talk about how we're doing or maybe we'll talk about something we want to share with each other. And my friend last week, he said, I want to know what you think about what Joe Button said. And I was like, well, what did Joe Button say? And he was like, Joe Button said that every Black student should go to an HBCU. And I thought about that. And I thought it was kind of extreme, but I understand why he said it. Because this, this, the self-esteem I left with when I left Spelman was necessary for me to take the next step in life. And Mm -hmm. I hear from my other friends, my other Black friends who went to um, predominantly white colleges and how they kind of never, not all, all, not never, but didn't quite feel like they could be themselves 100% of the time. And Mm -hmm. school is hard anyway. High school is hard anyway. You know, there's there's Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, icky feelings about feeling, you know, getting used to yourself and who you are and who you want to be. But what you don't have to worry about at an HBCU is your race. And that mm-hmm. takes so much off the table when it comes to inter- interpersonal relationships. Yeah. And, and so that's what a lot of people say that all the time. They say at, at a black school, it's just, you know, you're just black all the time. And it's like, no, actually, I'm not. I'm Zurich. Yeah. I'm not black at all. 
Yeah. Black is gone. It's, it's gone. It's all yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, it's not something that you have to worry about. And um, when it comes to diversity, HBCUs are diverse because guess what? You got the folks that are, you know, more laid back over here. You've got the studious poli sci over here. You've got the active, the future activists over yeah, here. You realize, just, you realize just how many different ways there are to be Black. Yes. There isn't just one way. Absolutely. There are a trillion ways. Like, look at all these different kinds of Black people that I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, yeah, that's so important. It's so cool. So what do you think about what Joe Budden said? Do you do you agree with that? Do you think it's extreme? Or are you like, well, what do you think? If you ask me, if you ask me as a young person, if you ask me at 21, I would have been like, no, that's not. I mean, yeah, great. It's great. But I'm like, yeah. after being in the business for 10 years, after being out with uh, all of the different kinds of people, I have learned that, yes. I agree. I completely agree. It can be undergrad. It can be graduate school. It can be med school, law school, whatever. But at some point during your educational career, absolutely, you should go to an HBCU. Mm. Um, because number one, those are the places that people look for Black people to hire. You know, when they when all of these big companies need to fill their diversity quota, they go to Black schools to find Black people. so that that is one thing um and that and that that self-esteem during that part of your life from 18 to 22 where you really are on shaky ground and you're really formulating who you are that support and that um in your self-esteem and being who you are and that freedom you get that is invaluable that is invaluable because and then when you go out into the world and you meet other people, you are you are studying yourself and you know what you want and what you don't want and how to express yourself. And you you're not trapped in fear. Um, and I definitely have had moments where I go, I get trapped in fear and it's not like I'm never scared. Of course, I'm scared all the time. But when that happens, I know that it is fear and I can make the choice to do something. Um, as opposed to operating out of being what you think other people want you to be. I think that that is key in mm-hmm. the profession that we're in. I mean, it, it definitely mm-hmm. translates to other professions, I'm sure. But when you when you get a, a casting call and you and you get the sides and you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this audition. It is very difficult, or it can be difficult. I don't want to say it's very difficult because everyone's experience is different. But for me, it can be difficult to not focus on what do I think they want instead mm-hmm. of just looking at the size and deciding how do I want to become this character? Yeah. And I think yeah. when you're navigating relationships and networking and you don't have that foundation of who you are as a person, you may find yourself in conversations with directors or casting directors or your castmates and asking that same question, what is it that they want from me? How can I be accommodating mm-hmm. in this moment? How can I be uh, less aggressive or whatever society mm-hmm. has told you that I am before you met me? And I think mm-hmm. matric- matriculating through an HBCU kind of... Uh, you forget all of that for a while and you're able yeah. to just stand firm in what you have to offer. Yeah, yeah, your true self. Your true, your true self. self. Your soul self mm-hmm. You know, 
that, that is just everything. I really want to hear about what it was like after you graduated from Howard, you went back to New York and you started hitting the pavement. What was that experience like with all this newfound pride in yourself and your craft? Oh, it was it was my favorite time. My favorite time was that like that young, just just off the boat, fresh, like, yes, I'll do whatever you want. That feeling, it's it's everything. It is just <laughs> the sweetest, most uh, uh, genuine thing that can come from. Um, a young actor. And I actually was really, really fortunate. I got my equity card before I graduated. Wow. In um, Crowns at Arena State, my senior year, my second semester senior year, um, we performed during that spring and I was able to graduate with my equity card. Um, I played Yolanda, who was a young girl from Brooklyn. and. Right. And her her brother um, gets shot in Brooklyn and her mother sends her other child to hang out with her grandmother in the South. And so she's surrounded by all of these older women who are in the church and have so much pride in themselves and to just bolster her back up from her from that trauma. And it was it was so great. (laughs) It was wonderful. It was my first my first principal contract, my first equity contract, and surrounded by all these amazing Black women. Um, Natasha uh, Yvette Williams was one of them. Wow. Um, was in it. Like, it was, it was, inc- Margaret Hicks, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> that um, is an incredible way to finish uh, a college degree. Like, oh, it was absolutely insane. Um, so I was like, had my equity card, so I didn't have to wait on the line. I was like, woo, front of the line. <laughs> I was too happy. Like, it was too much. <laughs> um, but I, I got a, I was living in Brooklyn with my mom, and I was able to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, run down there, sign in for six auditions, come back home, get dressed, get warm, go back there, audition for between 3 and 5 p.m., get a get a drink and then go wait tables and that was my life for like three years at least you know on and off and stuff Mm -hmm. but that is that's a really great setup i i it took me two years to get my equity card and Mm -hmm. so it's you know it's it's a coveted thing right it's like Mm -hmm. you know you have that moment of of being non-union and then you're union and you're so proud of it. But it sounds like you just were like, nah, I, I, I graduated, I'm union and now I'm going to audition on. And I think that's, that's fantastic. It doesn't work that way. Not always. No, no, it usually doesn't. And I know all the stories about the weeks and the counting and the lists and the equity weight lists. And I was like, woo, I was like, I don't gotta be on that. Line. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So when you were at Howard, did did they explain all of that to you? Like the union and everything, you had a good sense of what all of it meant? You know, actually, um, I didn't. I um they when I got the job, they were like, Oh, do you want to be equity or do you want like the other thing, the points mm-hmm. or weeks or something? And I did not understand the difference. And I didn't understand that because I was going back to New York, it would behoove me to be equity. Mm-hmm. So I almost turned it down. And it was like this whole thing where I kind of turned it down. And then I was like, and then I spoke to someone and they were like, what? That's stupid. And I was like, well, why didn't anyone tell me? And yeah. then I called back and I didn't know that the dues come out of your paycheck. Mm-hmm. I thought they were 
were asking me to give them $1,300. And I was like, ah. and I was like, well, you have to put that in the contract. I don't have $1,300. And they were like, what? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. It, it just, and I, so when I finally figured it out, sort of too late, then I was like, then I had to fix it. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Like no one believed that I didn't know. They thought I just wanted more money. And I was just like, no, I, I didn't know. I thought you were asking me for $1,100. I don't have $1,100. <laughs> it was a mess. It was a mess. I don't know how Howard missed that one. You know, but no, I think that 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 is important because, you know, even like in high school, we don't really get a class on how to do our taxes or how to budget our accounts. I think that some of the business side of of this profession gets lost. And for me, I know it's different. I did classical voice. I had no intention of being on Broadway until I was like 25. I didn't even it wasn't even in my radar. But um, I think. It, it is important to talk about those things because say you were going to a different market, say you were going to stay, you were going to be in DC or you were going to Atlanta or you're going to Chicago. Maybe you wouldn't want to be equity yet because right. then you can't do the non-union work. Exactly. And yeah. if I was going to stay in DC, then that would have been a good option. But like I was going to be in New York. There's no mm-hmm. point like that. Yeah. Those distinctions definitely would have helped. Yeah. So, I smoothed it over. I was like, no, guys, I wasn't gouging you for money. I was just like, I don't have it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, what a mess. That's a good story. I'm glad we kind of stumbled on that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that story. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but Shuffle Along was your Broadway debut, right? Yes, ma'am. I got to see you. Yeah. I was, yes, I did. I was there. You weren't there? Oh, well, okay. Well, I got to see your company, at least. I got to see your company. And who knows? I might have seen you. Because, you know, I'm sure you went on. You never went on? No, stop. Zuren, you never went on? I never went on. I was the only cast member that never went on. <gasps> I was actually a standby, even though they billed me a swing, which is detrimental in other ways because now people ask me to swing and I'm like, I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, but you did. No, 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 no. Stand by. But that that was a way of them saving money. So um, I was a standby. I was understudying Asia Warren and Amber Mon and Felicia Boswell. Three powerhouses. Yes, honey. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so excited. Um, and yeah, and, um, Felicia Boswell left the show and then there, I was understudying two. Um, and then we, you know, we closed early and, um, you know, I didn't go. There wasn't time, but you would have gone on, I'm sure. And it was. Oh, eventually. Yeah. Some strong females. They ain't calling out for nothing. No. 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 No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a fun, it was a fun show. I I took my sister, well, I took my sister, my sister and I went, I was in town uh, learning my Nala track. Mm. And so I had the evenings off and I was going to see whatever I could afford and whatever I I had time for it, you know, so I was like on Today Ticks. And so we did get a chance to see the show and I was excited to tell you that today. And yeah, funny story, funny, funny story. 
I had auditioned for Nala years before 2016. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yet, right? Yeah. Then 2016 happened. I got that audition for Nala. You did? <laughs> I did not go. You didn't go? I didn't go. Um, I didn't go because I was completely in love with Shuffle Along and I knew I was going to go on and I knew this was going to be great and a launching pad and all that stuff. And then we closed. Well, you know, it's those, it's those decisions. We'll never know how they'll shake out, you know? And so it's, it's like, you just go with your gut in the moment Mm -hmm. and hope that you don't have any regrets because honestly, just the opportunity for you to be in that cast, in that room with all of those amazing actors, you have connections with them, you know? And, and, and there's nothing like forging a connection with someone when you do an experience together, because it just, I don't know, it could, it could help and serve you in other ways later on. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I auditioned, uh, and I wasn't even in New York. I, I sent in a tape and I, I was like, this is a long shot. And so when I flew in for the callback, I was like, well, I have nothing to lose. So I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and, you know, but now you are in the company of the lion king and you know so who knows who knows what will happen in the next few years and maybe Mm -hmm. you'll get your your shot at nala if you're still interested i don't know now that you've (laughs) now that you've gone on you might be like do i want to do this eight times (laughs) a week (laughs) i I do not know about the running and jumping they really should tell you that they really leave that part out you're like okay so I sing, no someone knows. lifts me. No, she ba- so it's basically a sprint. That's a, yeah. whole, that's a whole thing. That was yeah. a whole like emotional reaction in terms of giving my trust over to another being. You yes. know, that's a whole thing. The trust oh, leap. She's like Flojo. She's not playing. No, she's <laughs> not playing. I went on <laughs> the first day of re- rehearsal for the Nala Simba fight. Ruth Lynn said to me, "Okay, I just want to see how you run and jump on him naturally." I said, "Ruth Lynn, I don't run and jump on anybody. I don't. Never. I'm five nine. I don't run <laughs> and jump on anyone. They don't want me to. I don't do it." And <laughs> she was like, "Oh, ha, ha, you're so silly. Go run and jump on him." <laughs> They always say how silly. It was like, no, no, you didn't hear me. I'm being serious. Amazon, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yes. He, he, he needs to run and jump on me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got you. Come on. I got you. I got you. Come on. <laughs> that is real. Um, yeah. It's it's it is something they should explain. Like even the dance call for the audition, you really still don't know how physical it is. Nope. And um yeah, I've never been stronger in my life. Yep. So yeah. Core, core, core. core. <laughs> okay, so shuffle along closes and now you're hitting the pavement again, I imagine. But you you've you do workshops and readings, right? I have not many. I haven't done many, but I've done a few. I've done a few. So did you do the workshop for Mean Girls before it went on? Or did you? Yes. You did. What we was did the, that in April. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? What was the workshop like? Like seeing all these like mega oh, people in there and yeah. 
right? <laughs> no, that was great. Tina Fey is so cool and so chill and a good, cool observer and quick. And she's just wonderful. And um, and I had worked with Casey Nicola before doing Book of Mormon. Um, he was just coming in. I was doing it on tour. So he was just coming in, giving notes and stuff. But at least I was kind of familiar with the way he worked. Yes. Um, he's he's a light and a joy and loves to just have fun. Um, and so that that just eases everyone. Um, his um, his assistant is awesome. And so we were really we were trying a lot of different things. Um, there was a lot of vocabulary and we would stick it in different places. And he would be like, what about this? What about that? Like getting getting the lunch table um, where you belong together, where we literally use our feet to ride the lunch tables all over the, <laughs> all over the stage. That was so much fun. It's one of my favorite numbers, actually. But it was it's a lot of work. You got to push and stop and all together and like... <laughs> And I remember when we were doing the trayography, like my thumbs felt like they were going to fall off after the first day. I was like, oh, my God, my thumb. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm hurt. And then it was like, no, honey, you're just sore. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm, it's broken. <laughs> it's broken. It's broken. No. <laughs> but it turned, out, it turned out to be one of my favorite numbers. I love that number. I, <laughs> I wish I could have seen it. I never got a chance to see Mean Girls. It just didn't shake out where I could see it. But I know it's like a huge sensation and a you know a cult classic, if you will. Oh, yeah. It was so fun. It was so fun. Everyone in the company was super, super young and green and just so out to just really have a good time. And we had so many inside jokes. And so we really, really had a good time like we had too much fun like it was like okay back to the work and we're like okay 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 we stop we stop we stop you know what I, mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean <laughs> yeah it's like um it's just like play it's it's a good time it doesn't feel like work yeah yeah those are some of the best experiences because then you you make good relationships you make good friendships with those people and you mm-hmm. can be excited and happy to go to work and it doesn't feel okay. like a, a chore you know, because yeah. 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 that uh, that Broadway grind, the eight shows a week, um, it is a dream. I don't, I don't want people to get mm-hmm. me wrong, but it is a dream. But it is also a lot of work and mm-hmm. it's good to be in good company, because when you're yeah. in good company, then it doesn't always feel like work. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. And me and my girls were very close. All of the ensemble girls, we were close, 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 close. And it was just so wonderful. We'd be in there, jumping around, making silly jokes, talking about sex backstage, (laughs) farting and laughing at each other. Like, we were just really comfortable. And it was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you reminded me of my time when I was in Chicago. I felt like... Every cast felt like that, like absolutely ridiculous. Like you were making lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have lifelong friends now in The Lion King. I didn't feel like it would ever feel like that when I first got there. Um, just because everyone already has their own friends and cliques, and, mm-hmm. not even cliques really, just friendships. And then they have their own lives and families at home that I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if I would ever fit in or if there was room for me. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, especially with CD and Benita and Bravita, I, I feel like, oh, no, I have friends for life here. Yeah, definitely. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. 
Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you about Clueless. Do you want to chat about Clueless a little bit? I love Clueless. Okay, so my sister and I watched Clueless so much. My sister too. <laughs> we, all we did. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's like rolling with the homies, you know. Rolling with the homies. <laughs> So what was it like to do that show? You played Dion, oh, right? I played Dion. Man, I that day, that was a good day. Mm-hmm. That was a freaking day. <laughs> um, it was so amazing to call my sister, who made me learn that movie from top to bottom, <laughs> and tell her, guess what? <laughs> guess what I'm about to do? <laughs> And first I said clueless, and she's like, ah, no, wait, 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 wait. It's Dion. (laughs) Her whole mind, we were on that phone for like 20 minutes just screaming. (laughs) That was was just so wonderful. So I am a huge, huge fan of clueless. Dion was my whole joint when I was a kid. So being cast in the musical of clueless, I, I couldn't even, I was like, I can't believe I did it. I finally did it. And it was my first principal in New York. My first principal contract in New York City, something that would possibly go to Broadway. This is that next step that I have mm-hmm. been looking for since Shuffle, you know, and I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, and to work with the original uh, screenwriter, um, uh, uh, Amy Harkeling, like she's sitting right there, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh my God, it's so, 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 so great. So, um, Clueless was fast, the whole process was fast. We had to get her up expeditiously. <laughs> um, I think, I think I was expecting a little bit more workshop time, um, but we, we were seriously on a clock, so we had to just like go with our instincts and go with that mm-hmm. you know? um, and not second guess it. And that, and that, and that's freeing in another way as well, you know? Um, and our cast had a lot of fun as well. And the, um, the choreography was wonderful and it, it was just, it was everything. I had my own Murray. I had a Murray. Everyone so <laughs> yeah, loves Murray. And then it's like, okay, this is Murray. And you're like, Murray. <laughs> They did they keep all over the place? I loved it. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> did they keep a lot of the scenes from the film, like the the when they're driving on the freeway? That seems like it'd be difficult to do. Did they have anything like that in there? Yes, we did have the the freeway thing. Um, that that, but it was during a song, so we didn't do any scene work. You know, like look at the numbers on the top. What did the numbers on the top say? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I miss that. Oh, thank you. I miss that. I'm crazy. They actually did that. So that was a singing part. So we sang into the party. Adrian and I hope that you have If you'd like to hear the full interview and get access to the curtain call, head on over to 32barcut.com, where you can find a link to our Patreon page. There you will have exclusive access to the entire video collection and private RSS podcast feed, as well as other subscriber-only content. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.